Welcome to the nationally syndicated In the Oil Patch radio show with Kim Bellotto, broadcasting from the Port of Corpus Christi studios. Get more on the Port of Corpus Christi at portofcc.com. In the Oil Patch radio show will give you an inside look at the oil, gas, and energy industry and how it affects you from industry experts and government officials right here on the In the Oil Patch radio show. It's time for me to welcome on my guest, Luca Sanadi, who is the U.S. President of Teneris and also Chairman of USOCTG Manufacturers Association. Luca, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thank you, Kim, for having me. We Well, you know, we got the press release that you all are opening up a new association, and I'm always interested in associations, especially ones that tend to try to help educate our members of Congress and our administration on the importance of having solid energy policies. And oil and gas is the most solid we have at this moment. So let's begin by, tell me a little bit about Teneris, because this is your full-time job. Um, you are the U.S. president. And Teneris provides a service into the oil and gas industry. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you for the question. Now, oil uh, Tenaris. Tenaris, uh, let's start globally. Tenaris uh, is the largest uh, um, OCTG, and we talk about OCTG, we're talking about uh, the casing and the tubing uh, that is used uh, in, each, uh, in, each, uh, in each well. So it's the largest OCTG in the world. Uh, we have a presence of, uh, <clears throat> uh, we have uh, a number of, uh, we have presence in 23 countries. We have 42 facilities in the world for a production of 7.8 million. Uh, we are also the largest in the United States. Uh, we have uh, in the States uh, 15 facilities operating and uh, we cover all uh, the areas in which uh, oil and gas is uh, produced. Uh, and since we started off in 2006, uh, we invested uh, uh, roughly 11 billion in, uh, in, uh, in, in the United States. Well, and you certainly have been with Daenerys for quite some time, a little over 12 years. Your background is a, you have a MBA as well. So definitely you have, you're a very seasoned executive. So it makes sense that you were elected to be the chairman of a new association called the USOMA. Let's start with why the need to create your own organization. I want to get into the founders and what's the uh, member companies that you guys are starting with and where do you see it growing a little bit later on in the show. But your group appears to be one of a lobbying group that helps educate members of Congress to the important role that you guys play in the supply chain, specifically when we talk about oil and gas. Um, why did you guys create the organization? What issues and problems did you see arising that really um, kind of morphed into let's create an association to represent our interest and help members of Congress and the administration understand our very important role. Okay, uh, so let's start from uh, maybe a little bit from uh, uh, the the beginning. So yeah, uh, the, the the name of our association is US uh, US OCTG Manufacturing Association. So yes, US uh, US OMA. All right. And so here we're talking about OCDG. Uh, OCDG, as I was saying before, is uh, casing and uh, uh, tubing. Just to give you a little bit of an idea of what we're talking about, uh, uh, the word 
uh, wide consumption of these materials, uh, or CDG, I'm saying, is uh, more or less 5.5 million in a normal year. If you exclude China and Russia that are, uh, say, untouchable for the Western world, uh, you get 9.5 million. And out of these 9.5 million, the U.S. represent represent, uh, 5 million. So as you may understand, uh, the U.S. OCTG market uh, is the single largest market uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the, in the world. So... Now, why the specific association to come to your uh, question? Well, OCTG um, is made out of steel, but OCTG has its own peculiarities. For example, the process through which it is produced, uh, the first to a certain extent from uh, other uh, steel uh, steel products. Uh, so we have differences in manufacturing, in processes, uh, in logistics, in services that are associated uh, to the specific OCDG. And so that's why as a uh, um, US producer, we felt uh, the need of uh, creating this association. And just to complete, uh, let's say, the, the, the number part, uh, this is an association uh, that counts on uh, six uh, producers, so mm-hmm. Tenaris plus other five, and uh, we represent more than 75% of the U.S. Uh, uh, domestic uh, production. Correct. The, the, the supply chain, which is very much an issue. We've seen when we have supply chain issues, how it increases prices to the consumer. It's a very important market, and it's probably one that is somewhat overlooked when you look at the whole supply chain, specifically in energy, but steel is one of the most important components. Um, So it's good to see that there's an association now being created to help, again, educate these members of Congress. In um, in y'all's release of uh, the information on on your new association, you guys you 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 pretty much are saying that the importance of it is that it creates thousands of high paying jobs um, in these steel plants, and we don't do a whole lot of steel manufacturing in the United States. You guys do hot roll coils for the oil and gas industry. You guys are also trying to reduce the carbon footprint. Tell me a little bit about that. How are you guys going about doing that specifically in reducing our carbon footprint? Yeah, sure. Um, look, uh, the U.S. Uh, OCDG uh, market is made out of two big components. One that is uh, seamless. So uh, these are products that are mainly produced, produced by uh, steel billets or bars. And in this case, uh, Tenaris, uh, Valurec, and other producers, uh, uh, US Steel, for example, or Bentler, uh, we are producing uh, our own steel. So we start from uh, um, the scrap and we end uh, with the finished product. Then there is a second round through which OCTG is produced, uh, which is by welding flat steel. So in this case, uh, producer, they do not produce uh, their own steel, but they buy uh, US-made steel. In any case, uh, the carbon footprint or the embodied carbon of our products is way lower. I would say, just to give you a ballpark number, is half of the average uh, world. Why? Because 
the steel that is produced by uh, the uh, producer within the association or the steel that is bought as an input uh, from a domestic uh, US steel producer is mainly produced uh, through the electric arc furnace uh, route. So this is a this is a, a route that starts from scrap, as I was saying before, and ends with a finished product. And this route has a carbon footprint which is much lower. Uh, I was saying before, fifty percent lower than uh, the other route, which is the integrated, uh, where we start from iron ore and coal, uh, and through blast furnaces uh, we produce steel and then the finished products. So any ton that we are producing in the United States uh, is has a carbon footprint which is half on average of what of the same ton that we could import from uh, from abroad. So this is one of the aspects that we intend to use to educate uh, uh, our community, our stakeholders, uh, uh, our um, let's say members of the government, uh, local, uh, state, uh, and 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 federal, because this is uh, a very important topic, uh, and also right now. Uh, not only for reason of uh, national security, but also in terms of carbon footprint, which is a hot topic right now. Yeah. And I want to get into that. You, you know, you also claim that it is a matter of national security, which I, I believe that too. I believe we need to have strong energy policies here in the United States. Um, but what are some of the most pressing issues that your organization feels you need to work on in possibly, probably passing laws that enhance your ability to work here in the United States and, and helping members of Congress make sound energy policy decisions and laws as well. Are there some key areas that you guys are looking at with members of Congress and the administration to help further this along? Yes. Uh, look, here, uh, obviously, uh, the purpose association uh, there are different purposes, you know? as we said before. We want to create awareness uh, among different stakeholders. Uh, we, want, we want to collaborate uh, with other associations uh, that uh, aim at uh, encouraging healthy uh, domestic industries. Uh, for example, I'm, I'm mentioning here uh, the AISI or SMA that are still uh, manufacturer associations. And when it gets to specifically the third uh, point of our agenda, which is uh, leveling the play field. I believe that here we have uh, two main uh, items on our agenda. First is the enforcement of uh, uh, existing trade laws. There are trade laws that need to be enforced. And second, we would like to work with the Congress to create new, uh, new tools that would allow, and here maybe we get very technical, but in general, would allow to capture trade distortions that are not still covered by current uh, trade laws. I'm talking about particular market situation, but I don't want to go into the details because this will be very technical, but these are the two main points uh, that uh, um, we have on our agenda. And let me tell you why uh, this is uh, important. And to do this, uh, uh, I need to go back uh, to the, the figures that I was, I was giving you before. Uh, we said before that uh, the domestic consumption of OCTG is in the range of 5 million per year, 5 million tons per year, I'm saying. Now, out of this uh, 5 million tons, 50% is supplied by imports. 
And uh, a good chunk of these imports uh, are coming from countries, uh, mainly China satellites, that have no domestic consumption. So there are some countries that don't consume any OCTG, and uh, the producers that are based in this country have been growing based on subsidies and have the only purpose of exporting to the U.S. market, which, as I was saying before, is the single uh, largest market. Now, this obviously creates a threat for the domestic production. Domestic mm -hmm. production does not count on subsidies. We don't need subsidies. We want to, I mean, to, to grow and go bigger with our own means. But we need to make sure that we are playing on a level play field. And right. this is very important. Lucas, so let's take a break real quick. When we come back, I want to get into this because now we're moving into it's a matter of national security. So let's take a quick break. You're listening to in the Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. And you're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Luca Zanotti, who is the U.S. President for Tenaris and also newly elected chairman of the U.S. OMA, a new trade association focusing on steel manufacturing and trade imbalances that are currently existing in our U.S. policies. Before the break, you were explaining, uh, Luca, how um, there are countries that are importing here into the United States, and they really seems like they have a sweet deal versus our U.S. companies that are actually based here or selling here and how the trade imbalancement is not quite uh, fair to these companies. And so your association, from what I'm picking up, is really designed to try to, first of all, level that playing field, educating our members of Congress, the association, to the importance of this. So go on. You were talking about how these imbalances, it's kind of important. I'll, I'll give you back the, the mic to, to finish telling us what you were trying to tell us about the differences. And then I want to move into it's a matter of national security that we do focus on this. Okay, yes. Uh, we as uh, US uh, OCTG Manufacturing Association or uh, USOMA, again, we are uh, for, uh, the, uh, for, for the for the level uh, uh, play field. Now, I was uh, saying before about uh, the, the imbalances, and we said that 50% of uh, the U.S. supply comes from countries that have no domestic supply that has been uh, uh, growing uh, on uh, subsidies. Mainly, they are China satellites. And uh, just to give you an example, uh, if you take the steel business, uh, flat steel, long steel, uh, uh, the share of U.S. domestic uh, production is 75%, and only 25% uh, is uh, uh, is based on, uh, on 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 import. And this obviously creates a problem of national security. In 2022, there was uh, uh, a shortage of pipe supply, and the ramp up uh, that uh, we, man, let me say that uh, uh, the the Oil and gas industry did a super job in ramping up after the pandemic. But anyway, uh, OCTG was very short. We saw price uh, spiking. And why was that so? Because during the pandemic, uh, basically, uh, the domestic industry was reduced to very little. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have the possibility to ramp up fast enough uh, to supply uh, our customers uh, and to accompany them uh, through their uh, expansions. 
Uh, I believe that as an industry, we did what we could, but obviously, these imbalances in trade create swings in 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 upper and demand that doesn't allow uh, domestic producer to maintain a continuous uh, and steady uh, production process. And this is causes the spikes, which yes. is going to cause the spikes. And and this is obviously something that uh, is not good for us. It's not good for our customers. So can we drill down a little bit more into it's a matter of national security? I'm not quite sure if I really, if we explained it well enough for our listeners to understand. So when we have obviously not enough access to steel, steel products to continue to increase our production here in the United States on in the oil and gas sector, we know it, it spikes prices, but it also leaves us very vulnerable to foreign countries. Um, and if we saw anything, it, completely different topic, but we we saw that when we had COVID, we were very reliant on China for things that we needed that turned into a matter of life and death, uh, which was, of course, um, gloves, masks, um, they make penicillin. So when it's outsourced, you know, we don't think about it until we actually need it and we have an emergency. And this is somewhat what you're saying pertaining to what you guys are providing to the energy industry with uh, poor trade policies, imbalancements, it leads to shortages, which then of course leads to slower production and of course spikes. Is there anything else that is in there that I don't really see that is important that keeps you guys up at night or trying to help Congress understand this is a really, this is an important commodity that we need to have an abundance of not limiting ourselves. Yes. Uh, no, I believe, Kim, that uh, you touched uh, uh, the main uh, the main points here. Uh, the only the only uh, let's say point that uh, I would like to add on your on on, on your consideration is that uh, there is no well drilled in in the United States in the world uh, that doesn't use OCTG. So. I so mean, it's even it, outside of oil and gas. It goes across all different platforms of times, types of jobs and stuff, because there's a lot of stainless steel that's used in the United States. Is that what no, you're saying? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, oil and gas uh, wells. Okay. Okay. Obviously, pipes are also used in the midstream and downstream, uh, but in this case, we are talking about upstream uh, only. But my point is uh, that each well uh, that is uh, uh, built in in the United States in the world uh, is carrying uh, OCTG, being uh, casing uh, or tubing and tubing, not or tubing. So basically, this is uh, a product uh, that uh, is uh, of fundamental importance uh, for uh, the oil and gas companies. Without OCTG, you don't have. Uh, the possibility of drilling wells, and basically you don't increase uh, domestic uh, oil and gas production. So this is the point that uh, it is very important that the audience uh, un un understand. And uh, not having uh, a reliable, strong domestic industry, again, I mean, Tenacity is a global company, so we are operating all over the world. And we are, as I was saying before, uh, uh, we are operating in 23 countries. So basically, you can think that we are operating uh, uh, in each country in which uh, there is oil and gas. But the important thing is that uh, we need to add a domestic industry because relying on a very long supply chain, uh, I mean, to order a pipe from uh, a China satellite, uh, it takes uh, eight months. And so if you have uh, a surge 
and in all engaged needs as we we had after the pandemic, uh, you cannot rely on these things. Yeah, you can't wait eight months. Is, yes, and this is beside, uh, and this is beside uh, the problem of national security that, of course, is much much larger and complex uh, than uh, the OCTG. And I'm not I'm not putting myself into that one. But just if you consider the logistic and the supply chain, you need to understand that. Uh, it is key to have a strong domestic industry, especially in the largest market. U.S. is the largest oil and gas producer. Cannot live without a strong OCTG domestic industry. Makes sense. Let's take a quick break, Luca. When we return, I want to get on some of the trade associations you guys hope to partner with and who's going to be leading this charge. You're listening to in the Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Attention small and medium-sized business owners. Are you feeling overwhelmed with back office tasks like payroll, workers' compensation, federal regulations, safety laws, employment standards, and benefits? Don't worry, Unique HR has your back. For over 30 years, our team of qualified professionals has been providing people-centered solutions to help businesses like yours navigate the heavy burden of running a business and managing their workforce. We're the PEO with a pulse, and we are just a phone call away. Call us today at 361-852-6392. Unique HR, the partner you can trust. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Luca Zanotti, who is the U.S. President for Teneris, a global powerhouse, and also Chairman of USOMA, a fairly new trade association that was created to educate and help members of Congress in this administration, as well as the general public, understand the importance of the supply chain issues that we have here when we're talking about the oil and gas industry. Luca, before the break, we were discussing, you know, why it's a matter of national security. You you said that sometimes these other countries can take up to eight months to provide what we need, these casings and tubulars, stainless steel, in order to keep our energy production here in the United States moving forward. Um, I want to talk about the trade associations, because we've had a lot of them on our show from AXPC and uh, Bradbury, who's the American Exploration and Production uh, Council, uh, American Petroleum Institution Institute, Mike Summers. These are some of the largest trade associations that also focus on trying to educate our members of Congress, this administration, on, of course, having solid energy production here in the United States to, of course, keep our needs here, uh, what we need, as, as well as helping other countries, our allies, Europe, provide them with their domestic energy that they need as well. Um, so let me go back to, you mentioned earlier in the show about some trade associations that you hope to partner with. How has that been going since you recently enacted this association? And, and I want to tell our listeners, you, you don't quite have a website yet. There's plenty that they can Google and read about, but you guys are that new. You're not quite um, able to produce everything we need to understand everything you're working on. But what trade associations do you hope to partner with? Yes, uh, Kim. Um, yeah, we are fairly new and we are working on the website and all uh, uh, the tools that are required to provide the information. And in this and uh, in, in this sense, uh, thank you very much for giving us uh, uh, this interview. And I believe that you did an amazing job uh, in researching, because uh, there are not uh, a lot uh, of uh, information available uh, for you. But getting to your uh, question in specific, obviously we partner with 
every association that is uh, aiming at uh, explaining, educating how domestic industry are safer, are more reliable, and uh, have a lower carbon footprint uh, than the rest of the world. So API is a great ally for us. Mike Summer is a friend. Uh, but we work also with uh, other steel associations like the SMA, the Steel Manufacturing Association, and the AISI. Because in the end, we are all uh, uh, after the same objective, uh, which is to create uh, in each specific sector a strong, reliable, and low-carbon uh, domestic industry. Very good. Um, who is going to head up this association in, in the educational part or the lobbying part of helping everyone understand what the problems are with the trade imbalancement that you you discussed, as well as the importance of um, making sure that you guys tighten up and uh, the trade imbalancement and make sure that it is a, a level playing field, as you said earlier. Yes. Um, uh, the general counsel of the association is a veteran uh, trade uh, uh, lawyer that is very well known uh, and is going to be one uh, of the main actor in this effort of educating he is already working in this so uh, nothing new from uh, his side and uh, we, we also are looking for an executive director that comes from the industry and then can help us in uh, in, uh, in 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 this effort again we are relatively uh, new and we are still uh, putting together the the team but this uh, two uh, are going to be very important uh, uh, roles uh, uh, when it comes to uh, this, uh, let's say, education uh, component uh, that you are mentioning. Well, let's take a quick break again. Sorry, we have to pay the bill somehow with our commercials. But um, when I return, I want to <laughs> talk about the future growth, future uh, potential um, members, founding members, and where you see this going and growing as along with also just trying to understand if you get your wish in the way of educating and changing the laws with better uh you know trade imbalancements that are out there now where do you see this potentially going and growing as well we gotta take a quick break you're listening to in the oil patch radio show and we'll be right back in the oil and gas industries, you don't just need a workers' comp provider. You need a workers' comp provider who understands your business. That's Texas Mutual Insurance Company. At Texas Mutual, they've created the Texas Oil and Gas Association Safety Group exclusively for businesses involved with exploration and production. That means you'll have access to information and safety resources that fit the way you work. But the advantages don't stop there. As a safety group member, you'll receive a premium discount on your workers' comp. Plus, you can qualify for double dividends. You heard that right. Members can earn an additional dividend on top of the one you receive as a policyholder. It's all part of Texas Mutual's commitment to working as a partner with the businesses that keep our state running. Texas Mutual and the Texas Oil and Gas Association, two great organizations that are even better together. To see if you qualify to become a safety group member, go to texasmutual.com slash T-X-O-G-A. And we're back. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Luca Zanotti, who is the U.S. President for Tenaris and also Chairman of USOMA, a newly 
uh, created trade association designed to really help educate the general public, members of Congress, and the administration on the importance of the supply chain issue when we specifically talk about tubulars, stainless steel, and the trade imbalancement that currently is in place on uh, not really allowing us here in the United States to have strong supply chain with great companies, as opposed to relying potentially on foreign countries. So let's go back to, in this association that's fairly that's fairly new, you guys have founding members. Lucas, Luca, where do you see this going in the way of how large do you want it to grow? Do you, are you looking for other members? Will this be a traditional trade association that looks for members or do you just want a small group of founders so where do you see the association going in the next six months or so look uh, no we encourage all uh, the u.s domestic manufacturer to be part of the association now having said so as I was saying at the beginning, we already count on 75% or probably a little bit more of the U.S. domestic production. So there's not much we can add. Only 25% is not yet represented. But as long as uh, we're talking about U.S. domestic producers, so we need uh, producers, so people that actually produce the stuff that we're talking about, okay. uh, they are all gonna be they all gonna be well accepted and uh, and and be part of this association. Uh, we, this is the starting point, but uh, potentially we would like to have one hundred percent of the domestic uh, producers. So you're looking for upstream midstream as well as the actual producers of the product to join the association in in the near future let's remember that here we are always talking about octg so here we're talking about uh, the upstream portion of the oil and gas industry today we have with us uh, valurec borusan ptc liberty well the tube of usa and axis pipes which together with Tenaris uh, constitute 75% of the domestic production. There are a few players that are out, but I mean, they are welcome to, to join. And on the, I mean, we will be glad to have others uh, in, in, in this, uh, in this, uh, in this association. We'll be obviously, sure. Go obviously ahead. we will need to have a, uh, board approval because this is a decision that is not going to be taken by the chairman it's going to be a, a board decision but in general uh, the bylaws only requires to be domestic producers oh sweet okay great so yes they have a, a buy-in they're here too it makes perfect policy sense for them to want to join this association. What I think I want to do is on our 60,000 subscribers follows the show. Um, I want to be able to put something in there that they can click through as soon as you guys are ready. 
making them aware of your new trade association, why they want to join. And also, I think together, the key is together, we can make a difference. And the more numbers you have, the more members of Congress tend to listen, um, of course. So um, I want to thank you for joining me today, explaining what you guys are working on. Keep up the good work. Um, and I look forward to seeing you in the future once this is kind of a little bit more formalized and see where you guys are going. Because Lord knows we need to help educate members of Congress, the administration, on all the, the, the problems that the oil and gas industry face day to day, all the time, and good associations are definitely needed. Thank you, Lucas, for joining me on in the Old Patch Radio Show. Sure, Kim, thank you for having me. And thank you very much, uh, and keep up with your excellent job. Attention small and medium-sized business owners. Are you feeling overwhelmed with back office tasks like payroll, workers' compensation, federal regulations, safety laws, employment standards, and benefits? Don't worry, Unique HR has your back. For over 30 years, our team of qualified professionals has been providing people-centered solutions to help businesses like yours navigate the heavy burden of running a business and managing their workforce. We're the PEO with a pulse, and we are just a phone call away. Call us today at 361-852-6392. Unique HR, the partner you can trust. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com. Or you can call us. 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210 210- 471-1923 and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side -side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three and six person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side -side owner study. Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. 
we understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media, and search engine optimization. All of these areas really affect how Google ranks your entire listing. So if ranking on page one is your goal, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile. We'll be in contact with you within 24 hours. Once again, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com slash business profile. Start dealing with a company you can trust and always find. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and I'd like to thank my guest, Lucas Tanati of Tenaris, for coming and speaking to us today about what they are working on and what a great job they are doing at Tenaris. I'd like to switch gears. I recently was able to catch up with Dr. Robert Kessler, who is the Chief Technology Officer of Admissions in Honeywell. Dr. Kessler, do you mind telling our audience a little bit about your background? You are part of Honeywell in the admissions department, but how did you get there? Tell us a little bit about uh, who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, interesting story there. So I got my PhD from from Rice University here in Houston, mm-hmm. and I actually started my own company called Rebellion Photonics focused on, uh, you know, gas emissions monitoring and detection with mm-hmm. uh, hyperspectral cameras. Um, and then Honeywell acquired my business in, in 2019. So that's how I I, I came into the, the Honeywell uh, company. And, and then within there, we've created this this exciting initiative of really leveraging all of the different strengths and technologies within Honeywell to tackle this important topic of of methane emissions and and really greenhouse gas emissions reduction. Well, I wanted to bring you on because one of the biggest problems that the world faces is, of course, climate change. And while it's always changing, there are some different uh, things that we are using, such as methane gas um, in natural gas, that actually causes a problem and a challenge for climate change. Honeywell, you guys have created some technology that helps to alleviate the problem with climate change, and that is methane leaks. Um, Let's start with, tell me a little bit about what is the significant uh, contributor to climate change. Why is methane leak so terrible to have? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, uh, around climate change, around uh, global warming, a lot of people have heard about you know, carbon dioxide or, or CO2, it's probably gone the most publicity. Um, but what people don't realize is that methane, the methane molecule itself is 25 times more potent at, at capturing heat in our environment. And so, you know, one methane molecule released into the air is the equivalent of 25 uh, carbon dioxide molecules. And so from that perspective, it should be, you know, the, the main gas that we're we're targeting and and trying to reduce the the amount of of leaks across the industry. You know, methane's a, a key part of the oil and gas you know value. Um, you know, provides oil and and the gas is you know primarily methane, right? And we yeah. util, utilize it you know in our everyday lives. So so capturing and keeping the molecules in the pipes so so we can benefit from it is uh, of paramount importance. I think the other thing that is important as well to tell our listeners is 
the fact that the Texas Railroad Commission, there's three commissioners, and part of their role is to look at the environment. And of course, oil and gas, they do a lot of flaring, which is specifically what we're talking about. It, what's your estimate of how much they actually lose in leaks or potentially flaring and, and the cost savings to the operator if they or or, or midstream to to just look at some kind of technology like what Honeywell is offering? Yeah, so, so the numbers I've seen is, is like, I mean, it's staggering. In 2021, I, I think the estimate is that somewhere around $19 billion worth of natural gas was wasted in the industry through, like you said, you know, flaring as well as leaks and uh, other wasteful uses of natural gas. So it's it's really important for companies, you know, top lines, bottom lines, as well as the environment that we uh, tackle this issue. So then let's, let's, move into and drill down to your end-to-end admission management suite, better known as EMS. How is it revolutionizing methane leaks? Yeah, so it's probably best to talk about how it's being done today to understand the significance of this. So uh, most methane leak detection, it's actually very manual. And you, you go to Midland or other basins and, and there's people driving around on the roads every day, going to sites to perform surveys to manually find these leaks and report them out. And then you have to take a second trip to fix them. And so, you know, it's it's very infrequent and very wasteful in a lot of ways to be doing this in, in such a manually intensive process. That's where we've We've really focused on how do we disrupt this industry? How do we we deploy technology in a smart fashion to you know help capture this waste? And and that's really what kind of drove us towards this end-to-end emissions management solution. So so what we've done is we've actually created instruments that can go into the oil patch, can go at the equipment level. Our, our newest device, we call it the Signal Scout, Vers- Versatella Signal Scout. It's about the size of a Coke bottle. You know, it's got its own energy built into it and wireless connectivity. It even has a magnetic base. So you could literally just drop this on your piece of equipment. And what it does is it automates out that inspection. So we will automatically tell you when a leak occurs. We'll tell you what piece of equipment, how big the leak is, you know, how long it's lasting. And so now your guys can spend all of their time driving out to fix leaks instead of trying to find them. And, and we think that's groundbreaking to be able to have that information in real time at, at, you know, oil and gas facilities. It definitely sounds like a game changer. And again, as I, I said earlier, you know, the Texas Railroad Commission is now actually going into rule changing to address methane leaks. So good for them, but also good for Honeywell that you guys are actually coming up with the technology to do this in a way that is efficient. And just to think about how tough it is to make a buck in the oil and gas industry, to be efficient, and then of course, to look at how they are uh, changing what they're doing to replace uh, leaks, uh, the amount of money that they can save in these efficiencies and possibly even recycle um, what they're capturing and use it elsewhere is great. What other uh, sustainable technology are you guys investing in as we start making this path forward to net zero and reducing our carbon footprint? Yeah, absolutely. And so the other key piece of this this overall solution is actually our cloud-based software. We call it Forge Sustainability Plus. And so a big area of focus in the industry is not just finding and fixing the leaks, but understanding in real time, you know, how much are you leaking? How much of it's your scope one emissions, your direct emissions, scope two and scope three. And so this software platform pulls in all of that data with your operations data to help 
baseline your operations. So you understand at a high level, okay, what's my carbon footprint from operations, right? Mm -hmm. Where are my leaks so I can go out and fix them quick so I can get some benefit there. But then we have a suite of other technologies in our portfolio where we can kind of walk with our customers as they're thinking about decarbonizing. Because in the oil and gas space, I mean, to be an energy company and think about decarbonizing is I mean, that's a pretty bold statement because our, our product is yeah. carbon-based. And so there's a lot of technologies we can offer up that are around green hydrogen. So, you know, introducing a, a new, new supply. There's also uh, carbon capture and sequestration technology we have. We also have electrification technologies and even sustainable aviation fuels that we can offer up. So what we're really trying to do is partner with our customers, help them understand their their carbon, you know, intensity of their operations and then figure out a unique pathway for them to to get down to their net zero. And and so that's really exciting to uh, to work with our our customers on on their journey um to to zero. Some of the biggest problems when I talk to some of the larger uh, operators, rather it's executive level C-suite, is ESG and being able to release a statement of how they're doing it. And it's technology like this that actually tracks monitors and can deliver back actually to them what uh, the savings that they're doing and, and be able to make a statement that's factual by actual data to back it up. So exciting stuff you guys are doing. Thank you again for uh, coming and talking to us about the technology. Thank you for joining us. Keep up the good work as you continue to represent Honeywell as the admissions director for Honeywell. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. In the Oil Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.